0: Explore the history, relationships, expertise, and data that go into ensuring Stein growers get maximum yield potential. This is the Stein Seedcast. Here's your host, David Thompson.
1: Hello and welcome to the Stein Seedcast. I'm your host, David Thompson, National Marketing and Sales Director for Stein Seed Company. Today we've got another great episode lined up with special guests, expert insights, and discussion on everything you need to know about maximizing yield potential. Joining us remotely today is Andy Hurst, Seed Technologies Business Manager for UPL Incorporated. I've known Andy for a number of years, going back to our days on the original LibertyLink soybean product launch. Today, we're going to cover what's new in the crop protection arena and UPL's Motif herbicide, which was recently labeled for use with LibertyLink GT27 soybeans. So let's get started. So we're visiting this morning with Andy Hurst, Seed Technologies business manager at UPL. Uh, Andy is no stranger to Stein. I've known him for a number of years, and uh, he's he's here to talk about some exciting things happening uh, from the UPL side in the crop protection business. But to get things started, Andy, uh, again, you and I have known each other a long time. Give us a little background about your history in the uh, in the ag sphere. For sure, and thank you very much for the opportunity,
0: uh, David as you mentioned, certainly have had a long and, and great history. Uh, certainly my experience has just been exceptional with the, the Stein Seeds organization, and uh, we've been able to accomplish a lot of great things in the in the market in the past, and, and namely the launch of Liberty Lincoln Soybeans. But uh, my history, I'm originally from Florida, uh, Florida native, I'm, I'm a gator, which uh, not many people admit to being these days at the moment. Uh, but uh, I've been in the ag business uh, over 30 years now with uh, various uh, basic manufacturing companies. Most of my background was uh, Bayer and legacy companies, 22 years, and, and then lately with UPL for the last five. But uh, I'm the marketing lead for what we refer to as our seed and soil health portfolio. So really any, anything planning, you know, planning time related is, is what I focus on.
1: So uh, give us a little background about UPL as an organization. They've got a lot of products in the ag marketplace, um, you know, probably probably, maybe not as well known by its name, UPL, but they probably know the products. That's true.
0: And and probably for, for
1: your audience, especially Interline Herbicide,
0: uh, which is our glufosinate herbicide brand is probably the most well-known. But... Um, UPL is is one of the fastest growing companies now in the crop protection industry. We're fifth globally. Uh, now, historically in the U.S. market, UPL you know originated or, or started launched into this market with uh, manufacturing some really significant primary foundation AIs uh, like glufosinate, like esmetolachlor, uh, metribuzin. And a a major strength is, you know, we're a basic manufacturer and very vertically backward integrated on most of the big foundation active ingredients. So that's given us a great position from the standpoint of uh, UPL's manufacturing base in India. We've been able to avoid some of the supply chain issues associated with, um, with China, which is very dominant in supplying our crop protection business right now. But more recently, I would say um, UPL has really made a significant inroad in um, our approach to new technology. And that is uh, versus having an internal discovery organization. Uh, we have a concept called Open Ag, where we source technology from the best and brightest uh, discovery startup companies all over the country, uh, as well as the world. And, our uh, business model is to develop those technologies and bring them to the market here in the U.S. due to the um, the size and scope and market access that we have.
1: Fantastic. So, and that was one of the reasons I wanted to have you uh, visit with us today was you've got a, a product that we have a lot of interest in from Stein uh, standpoint, and that is uh, Motif herbicide. So a little bit of background. Again, you know, from the Stein side, we've worked with the GT27 soybean trait which has evolved now to liberty link gt27 uh, which is a great soybean uh, package that confers tolerance to glyphosate glyphosate and the hppd inhibitor uh, family of chemistry so three-way stack and uh, up to now the struggle i think for us with that trait great genetics, but you, you, we didn't have a great option for an HPPD inhibitor in a lot of the market area. There's a product called the Light 27 that's out there, but it is um, uh, only available in certain parts of the geography. And so Motif is a product offering from UPL that is now going to be labeled. And I'd like you to talk a little bit about uh, that product and what it means for us with relation to Liberlink GT27 soybeans.
0: For sure, David. Um, motif, Is our mesotrione herbicide brand in the US market. As you mentioned, it's um, it's a very active herbicide in the HPPD family of chemistry. And and certainly, weed management, um, weed resistance, and all the associated issues with uh, very few herbicide modes of action that continue to be effective have um, created a huge need for new herbicide modes of action. And and a whole different approach to weed management in general, um, along with chemical weed control. Certainly, you know all the things like cover crops, more narrow row spacing, the canopy, the ground sooner. All of the various culture practices uh, combined with with good herbicide weed weed management has been key in terms of dealing with driver weeds like Palmer amaranth or or water hemp, which uh, can just overtake the world in a a matter of days, if not controlled properly. So mesotrion and the the use pattern for GT27 trait is a pre-emergence application. And what this is going to do is really ramp up the um, robustness of a grower's at-plant herbicide program. We would envision, David, that um, motif mesotrion will be combined with uh, metribuzin, which is uh, just extremely robust um pre-program uh, and also s chlor.
1: So in that case, you're going to have a, a great pre-emerge program, which, like we talked about, I think, you know, over the years, one of the things we've heard repeatedly from a lot of the weed scientists are, you know, the best time to kill a weed is before it becomes one, right? You know, take care of it in the soil before it really becomes a problem.
0: Absolutely. And that's a great
1: point. Yeah, all the weed
0: science community would would strongly advocate uh, the most re Robust uh, pre-program possible, given the fact that um, the number of post-emergence choices that are available still that are effective uh, are are very limited due to weed resistance to glyphosate and and other modes of action. Uh, even with the new auxin technologies, um, those are certainly prone to weed resistance development. So the weed science. Community especially is going to continue to really stand up and advocate for a very robust program. So with the uh, with the Stein Trait package of LibertyLink GT27, just uh, just a great avenue to bring HPPD chemistry to bear, along with glyphosate tolerance and glyphosate tolerance in a single package.
1: So you kind of laid out the different options there and and I think earlier you mentioned it, you know, Metribus and being a part of that mix. So understanding that everybody's farm is different and so the combination or the or the the recipe that a grower might use for his weed control is different. But you know, what would be what would be a typical approach in your mind for someone who's gonna use Motif in a liberal G T twenty seven, you know, platform?
0: Yeah, no, great question. And um, certainly as I mentioned um, motif Mesotrion at 6 ounces is a recommended pre-emerge rate combined with Metribuzin. Our, our branded Metribuzin is Tricor or Metricor from the UPL perspective. But weed scientists, I would say now, are definitely moving toward more robust rates of Metribuzin where it's possible, up to even three-eighths of a pound active uh, of either the, the dry or liquid formulations. Those two in combination are you know, are stout and certainly very effective on on most of the amaranth species. Um, In addition, adding esmetolichlor, our moccasin brand esmetolichlor is another consideration
1: there to have three effective modes of action at planting time. And then a post-program of uh, of their choice between the options that are available for the Liberlink GT27 system. For sure.
0: that trait package, of course, uh, from Stein. There's an opportunity to uh, combine Interline brand glufosinate with glyphosate in a tank mix combination. That certainly covers a broad swath of most of the uh, the weeds. And and then obviously, you know, our recommendation is be timely with that first post application. Certainly, you know, no later than 21 days after planting is is very typical. And uh, if for whatever reason you're kept out of the field and weeds are larger, plan on sequential applications of especially the interline glufosmate component to ensure that uh, no amaranth species go to go to seed and, and keep the cycle going.
1: Good. Let's talk briefly about residual. You know, one of the big benefits I think of, of this chemistry is residual. And we hear from a lot of people in the industry about the importance of residual activity. I think there's differing opinions of of what amounts to a good residual control program. Uh, I mean, is that a differential advantage here with a product like Motif? Yeah, it certainly is.
0: Adding yet another effective mode of action uh, from the HPPD class of chemistry that historically has not been available for use in soybeans is a significant advantage in terms of more avenues to control resistant weeds before they ever emerge and become an issue. So a lot of flexibility with this trait package and this system and certainly making mesotrion available for this use pattern has been a a major goal of of UPL and very much appreciate the relationship with Stein and working with the weed science community to
1: um, put all these pieces together for the grower. So for growers who are planting LibertyLink GT27 soybeans and looking for this option, I mean, uh, they can go through their normal crop protection retailer looking for that product? That's
0: correct. And and in the case of uh, Motif, like many herbicides this year with uh, significantly increased acres and a big increase in demand in terms of people wanting to ensure they maximize yield for corn and soybeans with high commodity prices, there's there's uh, supply issues on just about every major herbicide. So I would suggest that a grower that is thinking about the use pattern should probably secure um, a position sooner rather than later to make sure he's set up for the for the planning year.
1: So, that, and that brings up a good point, something I wanted to touch on, because again, I know you've had a long background in the crop protection arena, and, and it's kind of strange days, <laughs> in a sense, in, in that arena. So I guess, wh- what's your take on, on the crop protection situation? I know there are shortages. What, what advice do you have for growers uh, who are hearing about these things and, and trying to make decisions on the crop they're going to plant? No doubt. And and I'd say the short answer is secure product and put it in your warehouse. Um,
0: it's becoming clear that uh, even in scenarios where, you know, retailers feel they have a committed supply coming, that uh, due to supply chain issues and, and shortages in the market, sometimes, uh, you know, even even that committed product doesn't show up to retailers on a timely fashion. Overall, this is stemming back to, yeah, certainly the the supply chain issues here in the U.S., but other countries as well from some of the, the issues with COVID and so forth. But especially the U.S. crop protection industry uh, over time has become you know, very dependent on China for technical and active ingredients. Uh, production and then many of the key intermediates in um, crop protection products and especially herbicides. So, you know, given this scenario now with uh, regulatory crackdowns in China, uh, the Olympics coming there and the government trying to do things to clean up the air quality and so forth there uh, has resulted in some very significant shortages and price increases on raw materials, as well as active ingredient technical production in that country. So it's put a crimp, especially given the big increase in acres here in the U.S. market. From a UPL perspective, we're not nearly as dependent, so it's given us an opportunity to dramatically ramp up our capacity, but we still anticipate there's gonna be shortages
1: in the market this year. so. Short, short version: possession is nine tenths of the law, right? Get in, get in the shed. Ah, uh, yes, <laughs> yes, that's that's a that's a great point. So, so what else is going on with UPL that uh, that that has you excited about the year to come? Well, and
0: and certainly a, a big focus for me in the past um, three or four years, David, has been assembling a seed treatment portfolio for UPL, and we're in a great spot in terms of. We've got a broad range of 12 or 13 uh, different foundational active ingredients for seed treatment and a world-class formulation group as far as um, formulation chemists with, you know, over 40 years of experience that has put together a portfolio that is not only very stable in terms of formulation, but all of our products are compatible with every other product. So for seed companies or dealers wanting uh, to make custom blends or or receive in products as custom blends, we're now in a great spot with our you know traditional chemical seed tree portfolio. And then we've also got a lot of great new technology in the pipeline, including two potential new. Bionomaticides that we're working on that uh, are looking extremely good when combined with our typical synthetic uh, chemistry packages of fungicides and insecticides.
1: Hmm. Uh, that's, that's exciting. You know, motif, I think, is going to be a huge uh, weapon for us in the arsenal as it relates to uh, weed management and soybeans. You know, we talk a lot about it's getting harder and harder to kill a weed in soybeans these days. So the more uh, the more weapons we have, the better. And I think Motif is going to be a great solution for that. We're glad for the partnership and working with the UPL and uh, helping give us that solution for our growers planting Liberlink GT27 soybean. Yeah, I think so too, David.
0: And then as a the next generation, a product concept that we'll be bringing um, right behind the Motif Branded product with this use pattern will be a pre-mixture of mesotrion and S-metolachlor. Brand name is going to be Coyote. And we'll also include the the soybean use pattern for GT27 traded soybeans on that product concept, which would enable and make it very convenient for a grower to mix two modes of action there with a metribuzin treatment, for instance, and easily make a a three-way combination that planting time that will be extremely effective.
1: So, Andy, one thing I wanted to ask you about, again, you've got such a long history in the crop protection business. So, just recently, it was announced that in the state of Illinois now, we have confirmed presence of dicamba-resistant palmer amaranth. And of course, you're right from down there in the epicenter where Palmer started uh, here in the U.S. in crop production. So, I guess wh- I wanted to get your thoughts, you know, the significance of that as it as it starts to really creep heavy into the Midwest. I mean, I mean, what's your thoughts? Um, certainly, it is
0: just the most dominant, aggressive uh, weed management challenge that that we have. Um, Palmer amaranth. Is so detrimental to crop yields that just even a, a few plants can multiply with you know thousands of of seed produced in a in a single plant each year and and then the the yield loss is, is really significant with them so major problem uh, they're also very adaptable in terms of their genetic makeup so as a result they're resistant now to I think five or six different herbicide modes of action. Does represent a, a huge problem. And, and certainly the uh, the Steinseed launch of the Enlist E3 technology providing an avenue to um, allow growers to tank mix interline glyphosate, for instance, with 2,4 D-choline or the Enlist One product has been huge in, in at least having two effective modes of action in the same tank to go after problems like
1: this. And, and you hit the nail on the head. I think one of the things, you know, from, from my memory of, of talking with the weed science community, you know, two effective modes of action, they make sure to stress the word effective, right? Because if you've got one of those that's, you know, marginalized, then that's really not going to be as much use to you. So you got to make sure you have two modes of action that aren't compromised that can really, really take action on that, on that particular weed.
0: Yeah, that is, that is key, and certainly um, from the standpoint of concern about auxin tolerance in, in general, um, big topic within the weed science community. And uh, you know, with the Enlist technology, phosphate and 2,4 D choline can be tank mixed um, with, with the Roundup Ready Extend Flex technology. Unfortunately, you know, due to the potential for off target movement, uh, that tank mix with we is is restricted. Uh, so from that standpoint, it, it requires more of a sequential application approach. But by far, the weed scientists agree when, when you can combine effective modes of action, either from a residual standpoint and, and very much so from a post-emergent standpoint, uh, that's a huge advantage in either managing weed resistance or, or trying to ensure that uh, you protect against it.
1: Well, and and yeah, that's another point you bring up is good is, you know, I know you've worked a lot with Dr. Jason Norsworthy down there in, in Arkansas. And I, I know one of the things that really struck me about some of the things he was talking about were the importance of applying two effective modes of action in the same season, you know, as opposed to, I think up here, a lot of times uh, growers thought, well, I can rotate my mode of action and, you know, use, you know, whatever, use a glufosinate-based program one year, and I'll use an HPPD program the next year as my foundational program. And that's just as good. And, and uh, I don't remember the exact number, but I remember the stats being, you know, the, the improvement is almost exponential if you're talking about two effective modes of action applied over that same crop in that same year. That is a great point,
0: and you know that point combined with uh, ensuring that you use the most robust rate available on a driver weed like Palmer amaranth is another really really big key point. And and I would say that uh, Stein Seed has done a great job in screening uh, varieties for metribuzin tolerance, so that you know typically just about every variety in the Stein lineup. Uh, has a very robust level of tolerance to metribuzin used pre at planting time. And metribuzin pre you know, combined with now you know motif mesotrion or esmetolichlor, or for example, is, is um, a really important part to try to avoid emergence. And then uh, in terms of post-applications, being very timely on weeds three inches or less, is key. And then uh, if there is a miss due to you know a delay in getting into the field when weeds are larger, using high water volumes, combining you know, two effective post-emergence modes of action like interline and enlist one, for example, and then uh, retreating very soon after the first application. If weeds are large, it's it's far better for a grower to plan on sequential applications and uh, immediately come back six to seven days later if there's any uh, greenness left in the the stem of Palmer amaranth, for example. Um, historically, the conventional wisdom sometimes has been that uh, if you have a weed that's not completely controlled, you need to let it grow back out before making a follow-up herbicide application. But that is absolutely not true uh, in the case of glufosinate and, and certainly not true in terms of Palmer amaranth. Uh, Glyphosate is a great green stem herbicide and a lot of work, you know, as you mentioned by Jason Norsworthy in Arkansas and other weed scientists like Aaron Hager, in Illinois, have shown that uh, tightening up that interval on a second application is really, really important.
1: Well, that's interesting because, yeah, you do hear a lot of talk about the idea of sort of hardening off of that. Weed right, like there's that interval afterwards where it's injured but it's not dead, but it's maybe not going to uptake any more, you know, herbicide. So you know you got to let it kind of work it through its system, but maybe that's not the right approach. You hit it while it's down and see, you know, knock it down. Because with Palmer, especially, the last thing you want to do is leave it, you know, burn the edges off of it and leave a, a just an angry amaranth plant out there.
0: <laughs> Definitely kick them while <laughs> they're down, no doubt. Yeah, there's so many auxiliary buds up and down the stem of that plant that it's just key uh, to follow up quickly to ensure you get adequate coverage on on all the potential places that plant is going to regrow. So yeah, an angry palmer is a bad thing. <laughs>
1: well, thanks for joining us today, Andy. Appreciate the uh, insight there and, and a look at the uh, industry as a whole. Glad you could join us. Thanks for being here.
0: Very much appreciate the opportunity, as always, David, and and look forward to
1: uh, a lot of good things to come. All right. Thanks. Thank you. That's our time for today. I want to thank all of our guests and listeners for joining us for another episode of the Stein Seedcast. We'll be back again soon with more expert interviews and insights about all things Stein. And to never miss an episode, subscribe to the Stein Seedcast wherever podcasts are found.
0: To learn more about Stein and its elite corn and soybean genetics, visit steinseed.com. Subscribe to the Stein Seedcast wherever podcasts are found. Stein has yield.